Welcome to the Word of God with Father Reed Hensling at All Saints Episcopal Church. Today we're going to look at Christmas Day and following, and then next week we're going to look at January, the beginning of January. So let me explain what that means for Christmas Day and following. We'll be looking at the Christmas Day lectionary readings from the daily lectionary, which is different from the Sunday lectionary. Remember, the daily lectionary is associated with morning prayer and evening prayer. And the Sunday lectionary is associated with Sunday services. So those are two separate scriptural possibilities. So Christmas Day, and we'll also look at the first Sunday after Christmas, and then December 29, 30, 31, the Eve of the Holy Name. Now the Eve of the Holy Name is the day before January 1st. The holy name of Jesus is January 1st, and that occurs as a result of Jesus being circumcised on the eighth day. So if his birth is December 25th, that day is January the 1st. So we will be looking at those scriptures for this particular teaching. We will be looking at Isaiah, selected passages from Isaiah in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we'll be looking at Revelation, and Colossians and 2 Corinthians and Hebrews. So again, it's eclectic. We're not looking at a progression of texts. That is chapter 1, 1 through 10. The next day, chapter 1, 11 through 18. The next day, chapter 1, 19 to 25. These are eclectic and that will smooth out after Epiphany. And then finally, for the gospel readings, we're mostly going to be looking at John. There is a scripture from Matthew. So, Let's begin on Christmas Day with Zechariah chapter 2, 10 through 13. Now, Zechariah is in the Old Testament. He is an Old Testament prophet. There are actually quite a few verses in Zechariah that refer to the Messiah. Chapter 2, verse 10. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I come and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. And many nations shall join themselves to the Lord in that day and shall be my people. So God is doing something, which is what Christmas is all about. And Zechariah is letting us know about that. And I will dwell in your midst and you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. So God is going to do something. And again, what Christmas Day is about is that God did something by sending his son into the world. We look at the scripture in Isaiah on the first Sunday after uh, Christmas in Isaiah 62. Isaiah has 66 chapters, so we're getting toward the end of Isaiah. Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7. And I'm reading those to you. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have sent watchmen, I have set watchmen all the day and all the night. They shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest and give no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. Again, what you're trying to do as you're going through the daily lectionary is you're reading those scriptures, you're praying about them, you're meditating on them. And we go again from Old Testament to New Testament to gospel. If you want to include the psalm, you'll see the psalm is listed there for you if you would like to do that. And then he goes in uh, and looks at Isaiah 12, Isaiah 25, Isaiah 25 on December the 30th, the 30th, Isaiah 25, again, God's action uh, and the 
the person that's, um, re- that's writing this Isaiah is praising the Lord. O, o Lord, my God, verse 1, I will exalt you. I will praise your name. You have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful, and sure. Again, we're back to God performing an action that's miraculous. And what the Old Testament does through the prophets mainly is tell us what he has done when we look at it from the New Testament perspective. All right? So from the Old Testament perspective, we're saying, here's what God God is going to do. And we look at it from the New Testament perspective, we look back and say, he has done this. On the eve of the holy name, we're looking at Isaiah 65. Isaiah 65, verses 15 to 25. And again, we're toward the end. And we're talking about a new heavens and a new earth. This is a very wonderful verse, verse 17. But behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I rejoice in Jerusalem, verse 19, and be glad in my people. Again, there's a lot of prophecy in the Old Testament that tells us about future events. And sometimes... He's even telling us about events that happen in the very distant future, in the very distant future, in terms of God doing something quite extraordinary at the end of time. And then we go back on the holy name of Jesus to Genesis 17. Now, that's all the way back to the beginning, chapter 17, and it has to do with circumcision. And I think all of you know what circumcision is. When Abram was 99 years old, verse 1, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you and multiply you greatly. That's the first two verses. Then we go to verse 15 and 16. And God said to Abraham, he changes his name, as for Sarah, your wife, you should not call her Sarah, but Sarah should be her name. The spelling is S-A-R-A-I to S-A-R-A-H. I will bless her, and I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. So there's the original prophecy about Abram being blessed by God, who later becomes Abraham, and his wife Sarah, whose name is changed also. And from their line is going to come the Son of God. So what you're doing is you're looking at the whole corpus of Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi, and you're seeing how that influences the New Testament. So what I love about the daily lectionary is you get a taste of, of, of all of that. All right. In, on Christmas Day, we have 1 John 4, 7 to 16. That is a wonderful passage about loving one another, uh, which is apropos for that day, of course. 1 John 4, 7 to 16. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you may go and read it. It's a beautiful passage. Beloved, let us love one another. Verse 7, love is from God. Everyone or whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So on Christmas Day, we celebrate that beautiful action of God where he loves us by sending his son. We go to the next uh, scripture that's listed here is Hebrews chapter 2. 10 to 18, we have this magnificent beginning about Jesus in Hebrews chapter 1, and then in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 to 18, 
again, we have this incredible relationship between God and Jesus and the people that Jesus is serving, okay? Hebrews has a very unique um, understanding of who Jesus is. We don't know exactly who wrote uh, Hebrews, uh, but he has a very unique Jewish understanding of, of who Christ is. And again, that's apropos as we look in the Christmas season. Then we look at a couple of uh, scriptures from Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, to say the least, is an amazing book, the book of Revelation, 22 chapters. And uh, he starts off by saying the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things which may soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Verse 3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. I'm literally reading it aloud right now. And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. So that's a very interesting scripture in Revelation that we read. In fact, on the 29th, we've got Revelation 1, 1 through 8. And on the 30th, Revelation 1, 9 to 20. And in 9 to 20, we have this vision of the Son of Man. We have this vision of Jesus. So... In the Old Testament, Jesus is prophesied. The Messiah is going to come. In the New Testament, we have the Gospels where he actually does come. In the epistles, we have a situation where Paul and James and Peter and others are talking about him coming and what we can learn from that. In Revelation, we go back to a profound understanding of who Jesus is post-resurrection and post-ascension. So it's an amazing book uh, in that way. And at the end of the week, on the eve of the holy name, we go to Revelation 21. I was 21. I was looking at Revelation 21 today. 21, 1 through 6. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So this is at the end of time. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adored for her husband. So we're at the end, the consummation, and the church ends up being the bride of Christ. And now in chapters 21 and 22, we see the end of time and how it's all going to, how it's all going to work out. Finally, in the holy name of Jesus, which is our last day, we have Colossians chapter 2, 6 through 12. Colossians chapter 2, 6 through 12, where he's dealing with people in Colossae, who are not supportive of Jesus as the full revelation of God Almighty and are teaching false doctrine. So he tells us on the holy name of Jesus, he's exalting his name, he's lifting his name up, he's making sure we understand how great that name is. Therefore, verse 6, chapter 2, Colossians, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, so live in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And then he tells us in verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. So don't listen to what other folks are saying about him. Listen to what God Almighty is saying about him. Okay? Do not be taken captive by philosophy and empty deceit. He says in verse 9, In him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. That's who you need to focus on. So it's a beautiful verse for 
the holy name of Jesus. Please read those scriptures carefully and meditatively. In the Christmas day and following set of scriptures from uh, the Gospels, we have on Christmas day, John 3, 31 to 36, the famous verse 36, Jesus must uh, increase and I must decrease, famous words out of John the Baptist, verses 31 to 36, and just exalting who Christ is. Then we have the uh, birth of Jesus in Matthew 1, 18 to 25, on the first Sunday after Christmas. And then on December 29, through um, the holy name of Jesus, we have several excerpts from John's gospel. So a lot of times during Christmas and Easter, the uh, lectionary will turn to the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John. Uh, so we've got John chapter 7, 37, 7, 37. And this is a long conversation between Jesus and the Pharisees. Again, some very, very good information to share with you, some great biblical information. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Verse 37, 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then in, from on December 30th, we have John 7, 53 to 8, 11, which is the famous woman caught in adultery. Uh, and of course, the great quip from Jesus, let him who is without sin be the first to cast a stone. So a woman's caught in adultery. They asked Jesus what he's supposed to do about that. The law says to kill her. What do you say? Let him who's without sin cast the first stone. I love that answer. And he does not condemn the woman caught in adultery, but he tells her, please do not sin anymore. On December 31st, the day before the end of the year, we have John chapter 8, 12 to 19, where he talks about Jesus in verse 12 being the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's a beautiful way to end the year uh, by focusing on the light uh, and not the darkness and whom we should follow. And then finally, in the holy name of Jesus, the lectionary selects John 16. Again, all these scriptures are fabulous, and I hope you spend some time with them. John 16, 23 to 30. John 16, 23 to 30 where he talks, now he's getting ready to die, he's going to turn himself in, chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17, and he says to them, in that day you ask nothing of me, truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, I will give it to you. Until now you've asked nothing in my name, again, the holy name of Jesus, so very apropos, right? John 16, he's talking about the holy name of Jesus, and he's saying, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So he's exalting the power of his name. He's exalting the authority of his name. He's exalting the importance of his name. So I pray that you have, will have a wonderful Christmas day. Merry Christmas to all of you. And as the days follow Christmas, uh, it's a wonderful time to continue your prayers. I know we've gone through Advent together, those four weeks of Advent. But these scriptures over the next several weeks, as we move into Epiphany, which is uh, January the 6th are also ones that you want to cherish and enjoy and read and pray about. So God bless you until next week.